As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. A journey to prayer, music and encounter. An interview with Stephen Kirk. So, we are here live at ACYF. We're joined here today, uh, right now, with Stephen Kirk, who is an amazing Catholic singer-songwriter. Hello. Um, yeah, amazing. <laughs> Um, so, Stephen, could I just ask, how did you get to this stage in, in your music writing? How, how did you get here? Well, it's a long and twisty story there, John. But um, So I was born the youngest of uh, six boys uh, in a very musical Irish Catholic family down in Canberra. And uh, I was surrounded by the faith from a very young age, so... I uh, you know, went to Catholic schools all my life. We went to Mass every Sunday, so surrounded by the faith and the sacraments and prayer and schooling and everything. Um, and I was also surrounded by music. So all my older brothers were very musical. And uh, my dad, uh, he's a research scientist by trade, but an Irish peasant at heart, and he, he loves Irish music. And he used to play us Irish music over breakfast uh, wow. to, to train our, our ears to handle the, the complex melodies. So I was literally surrounded by faith and by music. But, you know, like many people, as I was growing up, the faith never seemed terribly relevant to me. Mm. It seemed something like a cultural thing that was more relevant to my parents. So by the time I'd finished my schooling in Canberra, I'd pretty much decided to walk away from my faith, that it wasn't relevant to me. Now, in my university years uh, at the ANU in Canberra, I had a chance to go and do some study in the U.S., and um, I chose to go to a university called the University of California, San Diego, which is right down the bottom of California. And while I was there, I started singing in a gospel choir. It was an enormous choir. It had about 1,200 people in the choir, so this enormous volume of sound. Mm. And uh, it was led by this beautiful, big African-American guy called Ken Anderson. He was a phenomenal guy. He was... Uh, a fantastic singer, just a beautiful voice. He was fantastic on the keys, and he would play this 1,200-person choir just like an instrument. It was, it was just amazing to see the way he directed the choir. He was also a man of very deep faith. He really loved the Lord, and he loved the people around him. And in, in black gospel music, there's a, there's a lot of solos in the songs. It's just part of their musical culture. And uh, in the choir, we used to sing this song, "'Jesus, You're the Centre of My Joy.'" It, it, it's a beautiful song and it, it goes like this it goes Jesus you're the center of my joy all that's good and perfect comes from you you're the heart of my contentment hope for all I do Oh, Jesus, you're the center of my dream. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. So, thank you. So, it's a beautiful song. Um, yeah. And to start off with, Ken Anderson used to sing the solo to this song. And every time I heard Ken sing the solo to that song, I suddenly just had an experience of the presence of God. You know, it wasn't a... St. Paul being knocked off his horse, bolt of lightning right. kind of moment. Yeah. It was just a moment where it became really, really clear to me mm -hmm. that God was real, 
and that he was there with me. A moment in which I, I got just the faintest taste, the faintest glimpse of how amazing and how beautiful and how wonderful God is. And that moment of experiencing the presence of God in music uh, changed my life. Not, not that it made me a great saint. It, you know, it didn't make me a great saint. I'm, I'm still not a great saint. Just ask my wife. But um, <laughs> um, it changed my life in that before that moment, I was doing my best to try and walk away from God yeah. and to try and fill my life with all sorts of other things. Yeah. But in that moment of just tasting a little bit of God's presence, I realized that all the yearnings and desires and hopes and dreams that I'd been striving to fill in so many different ways could only really be answered in God. And so it changed my life in that it turned me around and it made me want to seek God more. And so I started spending a lot more time with, with Ken Anderson, with the, the choir director. Uh, we'd, we'd stay up late at night, you know, going over the scriptures and really soaking in the Word of God. Now, I kept on singing in the choir and one time the choir went and sang down in a little black gospel church in the poorer part of San Diego. Uh, it was the church where my choir director grew up and while we were down there I sang a solo for the choir and the pastor very kindly asked me to come back and sing for them again and so I did. I went, I went down and sang for them again and, and I ended up uh, becoming a member of this church and so being the only little white boy uh, in this sea of beautiful African American faces. And it was, it was a beautiful church. It was, um, you know, like many black gospel churches, um, music's just a core part of everything. Yeah. You know, the services will go for three hours or so. Mm. But, uh, you know, throughout the whole thing, the organist sits at her organ. And if the preacher's really preaching well, the organist will start punching in funky little organ bits between the sentences. <laughs> and the preacher might start singing his sermon. And so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And, and music is just woven right through it, mm. right? It was such a beautiful uh, experience of vibrant living faith for me. And, and so it really drew me deeper uh, in, into this, this walk with God. Now, when I came back to Australia, I actually came back feeling a bit anti-Catholic because I thought, well, oh, wow. man, I'd grown up in the Catholic Church for you know, 21 years uh, and I'd never had any experience like this vibrant living faith that I'd experienced mm. over here. So what's the go with that? But luckily for me, when I came back, um, the only Christians I knew happened to be deeply Catholic as well. You know, I could see that they loved the Lord and they were deeply Christian, but they also loved the church and they deeply uh, loved their Catholic heritage. And so that was very uh, challenging for me. And it, it forced me to reevaluate my childhood understanding of Catholicism and, and to start looking at questions like, well, you know, what does the church really teach? Why does it teach what it teaches? Does it have the authority to teach what it teaches? And through that process, I found myself slowly and painfully at times uh, coming back into communion with the church and coming to a place where I, you know, I came to really appreciate and love and embrace the phenomenal richness and the beauty of, of our Catholic heritage. After I came back, I, I started becoming involved in a community called the Disciples of Jesus Community and I was very involved in youth ministry and ministry in various ways, doing a lot of music all around the place. Um, I discerned consecrated life, you know, working out, well, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I, mm. I, I almost uh, joined the Carmelites and almost became a Carmelite monk. Wow. And, uh, then God showed me that it wasn't where, where he was calling me, so I went home and got married and had six kids instead. So, wow. um, so I've gone from one, from one end of the spectrum to the other. But I've, uh, throughout that, I've got a very deep love for the Carmelites. The, you know, they're a wonderful and, and the 
wellspring of spirituality that's there and the great teachings from John of the Cross and Trees of Avila, Trees of Lisieux. It's just beautiful, beautiful stuff. Mm. So, And a big shout-out to uh, Bishop Greg Homing, who was my spiritual director at the time. Oh, uh, wow. Wonderful man. Um, so how do I come now to find myself here? Well, when I came back from the States, as I said, I was doing a lot of music and just writing songs coming out of prayer and reflection. When I came back, I was supposed to be doing an honours year in computing, and but my priorities had kind of changed through my mm. conversion. And so I took the year off and just tutored part-time at the university and spent the rest of the time praying and seeking the Lord, reading scripture, studying, that sort of thing. Um, and so out of all that prayer came a lot of songs just for personal reflection. And I did an album back in the day, back in 98, uh, called Secret Place. Mm. In the next few years, I became more and more involved in the Disciples of Jesus. I ended up leading um, the community in Canberra. Uh, wow. I was married. I had lots of kids uh, and working as a software architect. So all these things were taking up a lot of my time and music was taking a little bit of a back seat. Mm. Now, if we fast forward to 2008 in Sydney, I was asked to help in a bunch of different ways uh, for a, an event called Receive the Power Live and a bunch of other things. So I found myself working with fantastic people like Matt Ma and uh, yeah, Darlene Check from Hillsong and the Hillsong United crew and that sort of thing. Uh, I came out the other side of that World Youth Day change uh, in that I, I, I felt a conviction to take what little gifts I have yeah. um, and to put them at the service of the wider church. And so my writing changed a little from being writing that was just coming out of prayer and was very personal um, to more explicitly writing for congregations, writing for liturgy and for congregational worship and that sort of thing. Uh, so coming out of that time in 2008, I, I started studying more in liturgy and started writing more for liturgy and praise and worship. 2010, I released the first album called Rend the Heavens in that kind of vein. And what I wanted to do there is I wanted to... Like you look at the, the, the groups like Hillsong and they are fantastic at what they do. You know, yeah. they, They're so strong at what they do and... They're so good at capturing the imagination of the youth and engaging the youth and making it very personal and that sort of thing. But what I wanted to do in that first album, In the Heavens, was to take what they do so well and try and write music that did that but from a very Catholic viewpoint mm. and, and music that could be used in the liturgy uh, and really uh, break open for people the, the beauty and the wonder of the liturgy. So that's what I tried to do in 2010 with In the Heavens and since then, I've I spent a lot of my time, I, I still work as a software architect uh, part-time, and I spend the rest of my time going around leading people in worship, uh, teaching on liturgy and on prayer and, and worship and, and composing. So I've done a, a couple of other albums since then. I've, I've written a mass setting called The Mass of the Holy Spirit, which is now used across Australia yeah. in, in various places uh, and overseas, um, as far afield as Detroit and, and New Zealand. Um, so my desire really is um, to be a witness to the presence of God by leading people into prayer through music. Mm. You know? So that just as, as my life was changed by having an experience of the presence of God through my choir director singing, um, I, I hope the Lord can do something like that through my work. And that's certainly what I aim to do in, in leading people into prayer. I want to be a witness to the fact that God is real, that God is with us, and that we don't need to be afraid because, yes. uh, because we are held in the arms of a love that is far greater than anything we will ever understand and that will never fail us. Um, so through my music, 
that that's really the, the very simple message that I have is that you know we're not alone, we're not forsaken. God is with us. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Peter. God. Amen. And thank you so much for your testimony. Oh, you're welcome. Um, you're right. That was a bit of a windy road. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think one thing I really get out of it is, you know, sometimes God takes you down some very um, interesting roads. Totally. Um, to, to get to somewhere where you, would, you don't think you'll get, you know. Absolutely. And it's, you know, that shows how amazing a God he is and how, yeah. how intimately he knows us and mm. how infinitely he loves us. You know, he knew that the way to bring me home to him was to take me halfway across the world into a culture completely different from my own because that's how I could be brought home to him. So it shows how much he loves us and how intimately he knows us and, and wants to work in our lives. Amen. Oh, well, thank you so much, Stephen, for sharing that. Out of personal curiosity, are you working on any new albums at the moment? Yeah, I totally am, actually. So uh, I'm working on a couple of projects at the moment. So cool. One is called... Um, so last year I, I released a project called The Shadows Project. Mm. And that came out of a, every second year, uh, the community I'm in, Disciples of Jesus, we run a big youth pilgrimage called the Light to the Nations Pilgrimage. Um, and it's, it's really a celebration over Easter, of the Easter Triduum. Mm. And we go through the liturgies and, and celebrate the beautiful ancient liturgies in a very contemporary way, drawing from the ancient and the new. And on the Good Friday night, we, we hold a Tenebrae service. Now, a Tenebrae service is a very ancient service which is mainly based around the chanting of the Psalms of Lamentation. You know, Psalms like, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. Um, and the Tenebrae service starts off in a brightly lit church. Okay, so it's on Good Friday night, it starts off in a brightly lit church. And as you sing the psalm, so you sing a psalm and a song and a, a short reading, and it goes through a cycle like that. As you start singing those psalms, you start, uh, there's a huge candelabra on the altar mm. to start off with, lots of candles. Yes. And you start extinguishing those candles slowly. Mm. And you start dimming the lights in the church. So as a body, we slowly sink into the, the, the darkness of the tomb. So we walk with Jesus into the darkness of the tomb as we pray these psalms of lamentation. Now, it is very much a sort of a chant-based service, but the, the young people really love it, really yeah. love it. And so I, I'd, I'd written uh, some chants for all the psalms of lamentation that we use. And... I felt that I wanted to record that. So last year I recorded the Shadows Project, which is all these, these chants for the Psalms of Lamentation. And one of the projects that I'm working on at the moment is kind of the, the counterpart to that, which is called the Light Project. And that's going to be the, the Psalms from the Easter Vigil. Oh, you know, wow. as, as you know, in the Easter yes. Vigil, you've got a whole series of readings yes, and Psalms yes. and beautiful, beautiful Psalms. Uh, and so again, I've, I've written settings for all the Psalms that we use there in the Easter Vigil. And so earlier this year, I went into the studio, recorded with some fantastic musicians, really, really good, you know, world-class musicians mm. um, for this light project. So that's going to be four Easter Vigil Psalms. And then hoping to have that out by Lent next year. And wow. um, then later in the year, I've also got a full-length album that will be coming out, uh, which I think is going to be called New Day. And in wow. the middle of all that, I'm close to finishing a new mass setting as well. Um, which is called the Mass of Clare because it came out last year. I went to Ireland with my 83-year-old father and because uh, he grew up in Ireland and I spent time travelling around Clare, the county Clare with him, the places where he grew up and you know, standing in the bog and in the wind and the rain. And, and I wanted to write a Mass setting that sort of uh, expressed something of that land and, and that people because it's a beautiful, beautiful place. So the Mass of Clare, I'm... I'm uh, 
almost finished with that, then I'll, I'll start sending that out and making that available to people. Wow. You are an incredibly busy musical man. I'm a busy man. That's right. <laughs> there's, there's no rest for the wicked, and I, I must be pretty wicked, I reckon, because I <laughs> oh, don't get much rest. I, th- I think we all fall into that boat. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, thank you so much for being with us for this interview. Um, now, you're going to play a few tunes for us. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. And uh, if there's anybody interested in, in getting some CDs and that sort of thing, come over to the Perusia Media stand, and we've got some CDs over there. Awesome. Perusia Media, get this Stephen set up. Kirk Music. Okay for the voice. Yeah. All right. So what I might sing is I might sing a song called "Here with Me." It's a song that I wrote um, when I came back from the U.S. and I was uh, living in a guy's house and. A guy's household. We live a lifestyle of prayer together. And one time, I was just sitting alone in the house by myself and praying. And again, I, I just had a moment—one of these very rare moments when um, you you experience the presence of God very really and very clearly. And I just burst into tears uh, because you know God is the source of all beauty. You know, it's beautiful beyond all imagining. Uh, and coming out of that experience, I just wrote this song. So it's a song called Here With Me. And uh, it's really me trying to just put in very halting and faltering words um, a response to, to, to that beauty of God being with us. I 
I've traveled the world I've filled up my heart With all the world can give But you wiped that away With one touch of your hand You came to be with me And all of the joy Of all that has gone before Just cannot compare To the joy in my heart Of you being here I give you my love I give all I can be I lay myself down And pray that you will Come to be here with me Oh my Lord Be here with me Because all of the song and all of the joy of all that has gone before just cannot compare to joy in my heart of you being here with me. So all that I am and all that I have and all that I hope to be mean nothing to me if only I could just have you here with me. Salvation, you're all my life. 
So Magnificat's a beautiful prayer of, uh, of thanks and praise from, from Mary. You know, Mary, she was probably just a very young girl, maybe 13 or so. You know, this angel comes to her, tells her that she's going to conceive out of wedlock. And it must have been so scary, you know, because in those days, that was a death sentence. Um, and yet she, she just said yes. She just trusted. And it's such a, a beautiful uh, example to us of just a normal, everyday person faced with very difficult time and suffering who just trusts, chooses to trust in the middle of it and say yes. And this is her song. My soul glorifies the Lord my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, he looks on his lowly servant. From now all ages will call me blessed. The Almighty works marvels for me, holy his name, holy his name. His mercies from age to age on those who fear. He's shown forth his strength of arm. He's pulled down the princes, exalted the lowly. Sprouted the proud of heart The hungry are filled The rich sent empty away The Almighty works marvels for me Holy His name, holy His name His mercies from age to age On those who fear has come to the help of Israel, his servant, mindful of his mercy ever strong, according to the promise he gave to our fathers of his mercy. See to Abraham, to his descendants forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Almighty works marvels for me. Holy his name. Holy his name. 
His mercies from age to age on those who fear. The Almighty works marvels for me. Holy His name, holy His name. His mercies from age to age on those who my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit exalts in God my Savior. Here's a little song. It's called No Matter. But I'm, I'm going to need your help on this one, right? Okay. So when I sing something like, No matter, you sing, No matter what we've done, What we've done is mercy Can cover us His mercy Can raise us up To the dignity He's given us Well done. All of us have fallen, some have fallen hard The fact that we have fallen can't change who we are Cause we're the sons, we're the daughters of creation's king So lift your hearts, lift your voices, let the truth now ring out, ring out. Hear it as we sing, here we go now. No matter, no matter what we've done, His mercy can cover us. Yes, His mercy can raise us up to the dignity He's given us. So if you've gone the wrong way, come and turn around Cause no matter how you lost, you know you can't be found Cause we're the sons, we're the daughters of creation's king So lift your hearts, lift your voices, let the truth now ring out, ring out. Hear it as we sing out, no matter what we've done, His mercy can cover us. Yes, His mercy can raise us up to the dignity He's given us, He's given us, no matter. What we've done is mercy can cover us. Yes, his mercy can raise us up to the dignity. He's given us, he's given us. There you go. Well done, you. Stephen, thank you so much for being with us. Um, we will pray for you for your future endeavors, for your new albums. We look very much forward for them to come out. Um, and, and maybe just a couple of quick words for anyone who's interested in getting your music where are some of the best places that we can do that absolutely so they're available on all the online stores so your iTunes your Google Play Spotify streaming all that stuff or you can go to the website stephenkirk.com.au pretty easy 
Uh, and if you're here at ACYF, they're here at the Perusia Media Stand, so you can check them out there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me on. That was Stephen Kirk with A Journey to Prayer, Music and Encounter. For more talks, interviews and shows, visit radio.org.au.